The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by Blue Pineapple Travel. Blue Pineapple Travel are experienced travel agents who help you design the perfect trip. They're all well-traveled and knowledgeable, and they will be your advocates from start to finish. The world is a lot different these days, and the agents at Blue Pineapple Travel are ready to help you safely navigate it. From helping you figure out the conscientious destinations to helping you figure out entry protocols for different countries, the agents at Blue Pineapple Travel are there for you. Looking to work abroad for an extended period of time? Looking to attend virtual school from a remote location? These are all things that Blue Pineapple Travel can help you do. Again, their website is bluepineappletravel.com. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance. You can find them at itlcoaching.com. ITL Coaching and Performance exists to build a community of athletes set on reaching goals and serving the community. They have a passion for helping people achieve their goals and dreams. ITL coaches are real people with phones, emails, and the desire to spend time with you during your training. They are vested in their ITL athletes. ITL takes a communal approach to coaching, so there's always someone available to answer questions and to help adjust your training schedule. An ITL coach will be glad to meet with you and to chat about your goals and find the best plan to help you meet those goals. Again, their website is itlcoaching.com. And finally, the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by SlayRx. You can find those good folks at www.slayrx.com. Are you needing a pleasant spark to take your endurance game to the next level? Are you needing an all-natural, high-quality, customized hydration powder with or without sugar to stave off cramping and dehydration? Are you in need of an effective all-in-one fuel to slay your endurance efforts? Look no more. SlayRx. SlayRx has a really good line of products to serve our most pleasant exhaustion podcast listeners. Let's start with Michelle's favorite, Spark Plug, which replaces sports gel and gross post-race strips to the Porta Johns. It's a poppin' electrolyte powder in small, easily carried tubes. There's also an all-in-one endurance fuel. It has all of your electrolytes, clean fuel, and for no extra cost, your essential amino acids with or without caffeine. And it costs about one-third as much as other brands' combo rocket fuels. Finally, they have my favorite, SlayRx Hydrate Powder, which comes with or without sugar and varying strengths of electrolytes based on your individual needs. They can find those individual needs on the free quiz online at SlayRx.com or with in-person testing like Patrick and I did at their headquarters on podcast episode number 114. Hydrate is the fuel that I use during the Blue Ridge Relay this year, and I recommend it for all of you as well. SlayRx products are 100% natural, come in great flavors, are vegan friendly, and the Hydrate Light is keto friendly. They've all been well researched and developed by a UGA food scientist who's also an Ironman athlete. The products are tested by the pros and endorsed by your fellow endurance athletes and hardworking folks in the community. The free sweat quiz and their products can be found at SlayRx.com, on Amazon.com, or at your local run and bike shop if it's available. You can use the code PLEASANT21 for 10% off at their website. Thanks to SlayRx for sponsoring us, y'all. Give them a try. We appreciate our sponsors, and thanks to all of them for helping us bring you the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. and welcome back to the most pleasant exhaustion podcast brought to you by ITO coaching performance blue pineapple travel and slay rx my name is george darden i'm a athlete and coach here in atlanta georgia i'm a college professor and i'm a father of twin boys my name is michelle frank i'm an endurance athlete here in atlanta georgia i am a cpa and i am a mom to three girls my name is eric hall i'm an endurance athlete and coach in raleigh north carolina 
the father to three teenagers, the husband to a beautiful wife, Melissa, and I'm already having so much fun tonight. All right. Eric is excited about our New Year's episode, our, our year in review look back here. Uh, every year we like to get to the end of the year. We like to say, well, what were our favorite races? What was the best thing we did? What are our resolutions? What are the things we learned from the year and all that sort of thing? And tonight is that night. So happy new year, y'all. Happy new year, George. Happy new year, Michelle. I'm a... Uh... <laughs> Ride in the 2021 high for the next 28 and a half hours. <laughs> Michelle is a purist. She doesn't want to say Happy New Year until it's actually 2022. And yes, indeed, we are recording this on Thursday night, the 30th of November, still 2021. Uh, let's go around the horn real quick here. Uh, Eric, what you been up to? You know, I have been listening to a few podcasts that I haven't listened to recently, um, or as much as I think I'd like to, and I caught... Um, the latest running road road podcast. And then I went back and listened to the one prior to it because uh, they were linked. And um, Chris talked about these four words, anxiety and peace and kind of the dichotomy and then like how they go together in running. And then in the next episode, he talked about pain and triumph and then dichotomy and how they go together. And I thought it was really cool because he, he kind of talked about it, how he, viewed it and he viewed it sometimes internally and sometimes externally each one of the words like anxiety peace pain and triumph and then he talked about sort of like the what do you do about it you know like i've got anxiety like what do i do about that well first each one of them it was sort of acknowledge that it exists you know acknowledge that it exists and realize that everyone has anxiety in some way shape or form it might be uh, a much higher um, intensity for some people than others, but everybody has some anxiety, but then understand where it's coming from and learn from it. Those were sort of, I, I don't want to oversimplify the podcast and make it sound like, you know, Oh, well, Eric's already told me the whole podcast. So I don't need to listen to it now um, because there was a lot of good stuff in there, but I just really liked the way he put the, the two things together in each podcast, again, anxiety and peace, and then he did pain and triumph in the next one and how he just kind of stepped through his thoughts on how to acknowledge it, realize it's normal, and then understand it and apply something or figure out something from it. I thought it was a really good podcast. So highly recommend Running Rogue for a lot of reasons, but I would say those two episodes were, were pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Very cool. Very cool. A philosophical finish to your 2021. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Very good. Very good. Michelle, what you been up to? Um, I am just off the plane from spending a few days in South Florida with my family and pretty happy to be back here, even though the weather's awful. Um, <laughs> ironically, our flight was filled with people that were trying to go Miami to Heathrow and the flight was canceled. So they got them up to Palm Beach International. So these people are going Palm Beach to Atlanta then they have to fly all the way to Heathrow tonight. And I swear when that plane finally landed, I've never been so glad to be from Atlanta or just get in my car and go home. Um, so yeah, we had some beautiful weather and a uh, good time down there. So it's my least favorite place in the world to run. So I'm pretty happy to be back here. And I have heard out. you say that before. Why is it your least favorite place to run? Um, it is flat. 
it is straight. You can see four miles down the road and it just, you're never going to get there. It looks like forever. <laughs> see, uh, where my grandmother's condo is, is really Palm Beach is like an island. So you have all these drawbridges and you can see them the whole way from the sidewalk running. So you, you're, oh, I'm almost at the bridge. 30 minutes later, the bridge still looks like it's a mile <laughs> away. So, and you have to do this both directions. There's nowhere else to run really. Um, and also like, have, have, have you ever made the mistake? Have you ever made a mistake of like seeing the bridge and saying, oh, I, I kind of want to be adventurous today. I'm just going to run to the bridge and back. And then yeah, like so, an hour later, you're not any closer to the bridge than you were when you started. No, I've done that in Florida before. The mistake is thinking, oh, maybe I'll do something different and I'll just run over the bridge and then I'll go into Lake Worth and run around and then come back. And it's just a disaster because nobody runs there. Like even I think if you if you run around here or you commute to work regularly, you are accustomed, even if it's dark, you know, people are out, people are walking their dogs, people are running. Nobody runs in Palm Beach. Like there's always a ton of cyclers out early in the morning. They're always, you know, like Peloton here or there. Um, and then later on in the day, most everybody that lives there is over 80. <laughs> so they might go out and walk their little, you know, dog or uh, just walk from one, you know, traffic light to the next block or something. But uh, it's just, I don't know. I hate running there. I can't explain it. <laughs> there's nothing exciting. There's nothing that like, there's just, there's no mojo there. <laughs> mojo is probably a good way of saying it. And and to your point of nobody running there, didn't you uh, pick up a local legend status on Strava while you were there? Yes. I, <laughs> I don't know why this is still so funny. We've talked about this six <laughs> times since yesterday, but um, I ran. So in the, tw the two times I ran like a 75 minute run there, I went a little bit further straight. There's, you don't go anywhere. You just go straight. You just go out and back. Um, and I am now the local legend of this uh, one, you know, stretch there because I ran it two times in three days. And like I said, nobody else runs there. So that, um, that actually, that actually is good supporting evidence for your argument that not a whole lot of other people run there because I mean, you don't because believe me without evidence. Well, okay. Yeah. Point taken. People make arguments without evidence all the time, but not you necessarily, Michelle. And that's one of the reasons why I consider you to be such an intellectual person. Um, but in order to, to be a local legend on Strava, you have to have run over a particular stretch of road or ridden your bike over a particular stretch of road more than anybody else over the course of the past 90 days. I mean, And so over the past three right. months, you ran that stretch of road twice Yes. <laughs> and that is more than anybody else. <laughs> That's right. I mean, when we alternate local legends around here, me and, you know, other people in my neighborhood, it's, you've run this 28 times. You've run this 36 times. It's, and it's constantly going back and forth. So there's all these other people that are constantly running more or less, but um, yeah, I was, thank you Strava for, you know, uh, providing concrete evidence to my theory that nobody runs in Palm Beach. <laughs> thank you Strava. I feel like this is an important time for us to write down for uh, <laughs> as, as much garbage as you talk about Strava for you actually be saying something positive about Strava is, is this is a monumental moment. This is a nice note on which to end 2021, Michelle. That's fair. Is part of your resolution of 2022 to change your Strava ways or your attitude towards it or anything? If you are asking if I'm going to get off Strava because I find it <laughs> invasive and it gives people too much information, there is a real possibility of that. 
too much information like, oh, I'm running in Tennessee, 10 minute miles, so that Michelle <laughs> and Eric track me down and say, hey, what am I what am I doing in Tennessee? So you would be talking about me at that point. And yes, a couple of weeks ago, I went up to Tennessee. I was in Nashville. I was there for a Christmas party for my, one of my wife's company's Christmas parties. And uh, there was a guy that I know that is doing that daily challenge, you know, one mile on the first, two miles on the second, 17 miles on the 17th, 30 miles on the 30th. Um, and so I offered to run with him at his pace while we were there. And we did. And he showed me around Nashville a little bit. Um, got to run through Vanderbilt, got to run through Belmont, all at a nice leisurely pace. It was lovely. Um, but yeah. Yes, but you didn't tell us that you were going to Nashville. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of things <laughs> I don't tell y'all. <laughs> well, I don't usually kind of check in and say, oh, well, you know, I'm getting ready to put in an order for Instacart right now, or I'm getting ready to take my kids out to lunch right now. That's just, you know, y'all are my good friends and I appreciate that. And I'm going to try and say that as many times as I can over the course of this podcast here, because I feel like I haven't said it enough in 2021, but I don't like keep your posts on every movement I make. <laughs> we were not the only people that took an issue with you randomly being in Nashville. That it was might be true. A lot of people on Strava were like, what the heck are you doing there? All right. Fair, fair. That might be true. That might be true. Very good. Very good. Uh, speaking, I, I thought of myself as more than just a person that you do a podcast with. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I feel like I'm just a guy you do the podcast with. No, not true. Not true. See, you're fishing for even further affirmation that I was planning to give you anyway. Um, and you know what? It's the new year. I'm going to give it to you, Eric. Eric, you are my good friend. And I realized recently, I was thinking about it, that you and I met in the summer of 1991, which means we have now been friends for more than 30 years. I hated you back then. <laughs> so that doesn't count <laughs> no, it wasn't until sometime in the in the later 90s that i decided i actually liked you oh, okay okay good to know so we haven't been friends for 30 years okay good to know good to know uh, i i i have considered you my friend for 30 years i guess that's what i'm supposed to say all right, there we go. Um, Just kidding, good George. Good Just kidding, George. Um, speaking of friends and affirmation and all that sort of thing, Strava actually did put out their year-end recaps here, as y'all probably saw. Um, and among other things, they say, what was your coldest activity of the year? And my coldest activity of the year, it was a 26-degree run that I did with one Michelle Frank. Yeah, it was a really hard run. What? <laughs> I'm glad I could be there to get you off your couch on that 26 degree day. So very good. I, I remember, so I, I thought it was very appropriate since you're always talking about how, how 26 degrees is like perfect running temperature or about how anything over 30 degrees is just drudgery to run in, which I totally disagree with you about. Um, but I felt like it was appropriate that, that the coldest run of the year was one of only like two runs that I did with you the entire year, Michelle, I want to say. That's George. Two runs last year are the, the only two times we've ever run together. <laughs> so I'm saying, well, and so speaking of going around the horn and all the runs we've done lately and that sort of thing, the podcast got together for our first ever annual podcast run last week. We sure did. That was fun. Eric was in town. We all met down at Columns Drive, this place over in East Cobb near the river where uh, where lots of runners and triathletes in the Atlanta area go to train. And we did a Michigan workout and it was fun. We even brought Lauren Fogarty with us, friend of the podcast. So the best part of that was um, for people who don't know, you guys parked at a parking lot about a mile and a half away mm -hmm. from where we parked. And 
<laughs> when you got to the other side, Eric was just—he was like, he just ran like seven fifteen pace over here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was excited to see. You. I was ready to get in the way. He's like, yeah. I haven't run with George in twenty years, and now I know why. And <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, George ran off to the bathroom. That was that was my first thought. Like, that was a warm up. Like, right. that's <laughs> that a warm up. <laughs> Of course, then we finished, you know, I had to, I had somewhere to be. So as we leave the fastest mile I ran the, in the entire workout was my cool down mile back to my back car. To your car. <laughs> oh, um, right. Yeah, we were done running by then we were. Yeah, I was going to say Lauren and Michelle did a one minute cool down according to their, uh, to, the, to their training peaks. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yo, I was proud of you though. You and Lauren really, really cranked out that at uh, Michigan. I thought it went really well. It's uh, it's tough. That is not an easy workout. Not at all. And you two, you two did really well. Yeah. There's, I think the workout is, I think what made it so hard was since George was leading it and all of our watches were programmed, it was only 60 seconds rest. And he was, he was 60 seconds and we were going. And I know that if he hadn't been there, if it had just been Lauren or I, we would have just maybe stopped our watch for a minute or, you know what I mean? Just, Oh, I'm going to take 15 more seconds or, and nothing would have been as nothing would have been as fast. Like if I have a 20 second range for a mile split, I would have been on the higher end. And George was like in the middle towards the lower end. And I was a little mad about that, but it was uh, <laughs> a little mad. I was actually wondering after this, for all the times you hear people say, the only thing that actually made me faster is running with people that are faster. Like I wouldn't have run those splits, just me and Lauren. There's like, we wouldn't have done that. We just not, not because we couldn't, because we obviously could, but we just wouldn't have, we would have just, or I would have for sure been more cautious because in my mind, George was running splits on the first rep that by the sixth rep is going to have me not even able to finish the workout. So I'm pissed. And yes, I did finish the workout and it was fine, but <laughs> I don't and, know that. And, and, and to be clear, I was, I was running the pace that I was supposed to be running. I wasn't trying to like take you out of the pace range. I was, I was running the splits as they were supposed to have been run. So, so lest anybody thinks that I was like, you know, pushing you beyond the physiological limits or, 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 or changing the, the target of the workout for you. I wasn't, um, I was just, uh, I was just helping pace the workout there. What I want to know is a, are we going to do an annual workout from now on, which I hope the answer is yes. Um, and B are we always going to do a Michigan or some other similarly iconic workout? Well, here's the deal. When I have to figure out how to get the three of us together, the options seem to be either go to George's house and podcast, go somewhere and drink a beer or make you guys come pace a workout because the idea of meeting at some trail and just going and running, that's crazy. I'm too slow. You guys are too fast. That's not fun. So the best thing for for me is if I have a workout, then I just ask you guys to come pace it. Then we all run together and you're not running miserably slow and you're also doing a good deed. So it just works out really well. So we Sounds could do that like a plan then, but like, Sounds like a plan. I had fun. But it happens to be we're, we're all sort of in shape ish or I am. So I don't think we could do that. If I'm not doing that, if I'm not like fit, <laughs> <laughs> We've completely glossed over the third question. Does Eric have to drive 14 hours again to do this? Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. 14 no, hours. Okay. Wait, since when is Raleigh 14 hours away Raleigh from Atlanta? Raleigh is six hours. You have to drive both ways. And the traffic oh, in Atlanta, if okay. you do not remember me covering this, is 
awful. I forgot about that whole return hour. trip thing. My bad. Oh yeah, yeah. the return trip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You're not going to just live down here. You're going to come down here and run yeah, and live. Yeah. The rest you're of okay. Your, your parents live here. Your parents live here, and that's helpful. Um, all right, we've talked about this for way too long. <laughs> <laughs> um, very good. Well, let's talk about so, since we're talking about some of our favorite runs and some of the favorite things we did. Because because I would say that our annual pod, our first annual podcast run uh, was a lot of fun there, um, and I do look forward to doing that again in 2022 in some form um and and eric it may mean that we drive 14 hours if if, if that's how it ends up shaking out but let's talk about what some of our favorite runs are that we actually completed over the course of this year so run or race what was your favorite run or race of 2021 eric so i would love to say that it was running with you george and 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 we have run together twice in this year it should have been more but we had a race canceled um, but it was, it was not, um, it was, <laughs> it was fun. I'll say the blue ridge relay was fun, but for, if, if I had to pick out the best run that I participated in for the entire year, it's not the fastest run I did. It's not a run I won or a run. I feel like I hit some PR or anything like that. It was running the P uh, the black Hills with grace. Right. I mean, that, that, that takes the cake. That is going to, that is indelibly marked, um, in my memory. Um, I mean, it's, it's 105 miles actually, you know, it's one of those where you get the five bonus miles thrown in and it was 33 and a half hours. And it was an amazing time spent with my daughter. And I don't think, I don't think many people get that sort of opportunity with their high school graduated, you know, freshly minted high school graduate yeah. uh, before she goes off to college. And I think it, it meant a lot to her too, you know, based on what she said, you know, what we've talked about. And it's just, uh, yeah, it was just an amazing experience. And it was, it was, and it's the whole thing. It was the flight out there. It was hanging out in a hotel for a couple of days. It was getting all of our stuff together, actually messaging you guys, like the picture of all of our stuff laid out on the bed and it was making the the little uh signs that she put in the bags to remind us you know are your feet wet change your socks you know and then her little note about you're only halfway done mm -hmm. you know with the 50 mile mark mm -hmm. it, it was just so much fun and just seeing the look on her face when we finished and the whole plane ride back you know amid the muscle spasms and everything else the the, the laughing and stuff so by far, by far, Black Hills 105 was the best run of the year. As, as well, it should have been. Frankly, Eric, if you would have said that one of the runs we did together was a, was a better than that one, I, I would have... I would have encouraged you to reconsider. <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't think anybody listens to the podcast and certainly not me nor Michelle uh, are surprised or would quibble with the fact that that was your most memorable and your favorite run of the year. I think that's great. Very good. Very good. Michelle, what about you? Um, I'm thinking of kind of two different things. I feel like I had limited time on the trails this year, but every time I was able uh, well, after January, um, after that 50 K, but every time I was able to get back there felt like just such a amazing, Oh, like, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be on the trails wherever, wherever it was. Um, and I just sometimes feel like I need that just to regain the, Oh, this is, 
this is what I really love. This is why I really love running, but I didn't have a good race really in 2021. Um, but I did really, really like Disney's wine and dine. Um, I liked just the purpose of going there with, uh, my brother-in-law and just experiencing a whole new world of, uh, people who run races and kind of why they run them. And I just thought the weekend was fun and memorable. And it was just a different, I mean, as you know, George, cause you've done a bunch of Disney races, just a totally different experience. Um, and it was just right after kind of the <laughs> heartbreak of Boston. So just kind of was a big pick me up. So I'm thankful that I was able to work that in this year. So Bye-bye cool. bye, 2021. This was not my year for running. <laughs> you know, we, we can tell sometimes in the tone of your, your messages that come through on our message group, you know, how things are going. It's, 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 it's not hard. And I, I would say, say I no agree. one's ever said that before. It, well, it was a, it was a good reset for you. I think you, you, you enjoyed the, like the preparation or what you want to the anticipation of it. I think you enjoyed the actual event. And you certainly came back a little refreshed after it. So yeah, I think that was, it was fun. I'll say for me, it was actually fun to watch you go through that. Yeah, it was good. It was, uh, restorative. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was great. And I'm, I'm super glad that you did it and you kind of hedged on it and you weren't really sure whether you wanted to do it and stuff like that. I mean, running is a fascinating thing and it's, it's, it's a big tent. We talk about that. We talk about how different people do different races and 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 engage in the process for different reasons but i think it's also the reason why three of us and millions upon millions of other people continue to do it so much is that it does serve multiple purposes um and and i think that sometimes we get really really hung up on certain purposes that it serves and and we think a lot about certain things and and we sometimes forget about some of the other great things it does in our life and i think that that I don't know. You were reminded of some of the other great things that can be in your life. At yeah. That race, you know? Yeah. I hedged. I mean, I remember, I think we, we were going to run 10 miles the week before, or maybe 10 days before. And I, and I stopped at mile six. I don't think I've ever stopped on a run and just been like, I just, I can't, can't run anymore. Um, so I was just nervous that I wouldn't be able to run 13.1 miles, but yeah, it was great. It was just really good. So. Awesome. Very cool. My favorite race of the year was the Blue Ridge Relay. Um, I, I ran five marathons this year, <laughs> if you count the Blue Ridge Relay, which is weird. Um, um, and we'll talk more about those in just a minute, but, but it was the Blue Ridge Relay. Um, and I wouldn't have said that every single year. Um, we've now done it four times. We've talked about it at great length um, on this podcast, both in, in our race report after the race and, of course, leading up to it as well. Uh, Michelle has had to endure a lot of talk about it. Um, the group of guys that were all college friends and college fraternity brothers that run it, um, we've all become closer over the course of the past year and a half uh, since the pandemic began. And we, like so many other people, started relying much more heavily on our text threads. Um, I think we've all become cl closer friends. Um, but this fall for me, um, it was a difficult time um, for a variety of reasons, not the least of which was the fact that, that I was having to constantly engage as part of running for school board with people who are not my people, for lack of a better way of saying it, for people that, that didn't necessarily agree with me and who thought that I was a bad person and who thought that I uh, 
was immoral or, or an apostate or all sorts of other things. Um, and so to be able to go and spend the weekend running with people that were my people was very nice. <laughs> Um, and, and to not have to worry about like what people thought about me and not have to worry about anybody thinking that I was a bad person or talking shit about me online or spreading rumors or whispering or, you know, trashing the school where I work or my wife's job or any of all the ugliness that I had to endure. It was just nice to spend that weekend around my people, you know, um, and, and we always have fun and we always look at it, but, but just as that team has gotten closer to one another over the course of the past couple of years, I've gotten to where I look forward to, to that event more and more. And I'm already very much looking forward to our next event together. There was one time this, this fall um, when I was talking to my wife and I said, you know, all I want to do right now, and this was like in October, November, um, late October, just before the election. I said, all I want to do is either have dinner at your parents' house or my parents' house go on trips with my kids and my wife and run the Blue Ridge Relay. <laughs> like Those are the only things in my life that felt appealing to me at that moment. Um, and the one thing that all those things had in common was being around my people. Um, and so that, that was something that was important to me in 2021. And that was the reason why the Blue Ridge Relay was my favorite running activity that I did this year. So I am honored to be named one of your people. <laughs> I want everybody to know because they don't know our history that earlier when I said I hated you in 1991, that's because George ran for a competing high school, not because I actually hated him. I've never hated George. And I would, I would say that without the Blue Ridge Relay, my life would be pretty, there would be a big hole, I think, that I wouldn't even know existed without the Blue Ridge Relay. And I really, you know, friend of the podcast, Lee Ragsdale is the one that brought us together. And that has been very restorative to me. That is a, that is a hellacious way to restore yourself. But while exerting yourself to the limit, I'll say, it is a very restorative um, time. And I can see why that is on your list, at the top of your list. Yeah, of, of races. Um, I will point out this. Uh, how many marathons did you run this year? I, so if you count the Blue Ridge Relay, which... Yeah, yeah. That's are, good. are we counting that as a marathon? It's a race and you ran over 26.2 miles. I ran well over 26.2 miles, yes. As did you. Um, then that would be five. I ran 11. Nice. So are you, are you, counting, well, you're, are you counting that 100 miler as four? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, come on. <laughs> If you're going to count the Blue Ridge Relay as one, I get to count every ultra as the number that it that it works out to. All right. All I ran a 53 and I ran 105. I ran 100K. I ran a 50K. All right. I, ran, I ran four standalone marathons and the Blue Ridge Relay. So, right. George, does that include the treadmill marathon last week? That, that includes the 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 treadmill marathon that I ran last week that we'll talk about here in just a second. That should count for two. <laughs> in, in the Eric way of counting things where you just, oh, you just count it for two, just count it for two yeah. marathons, three marathons. Yeah. Went, uh, it's, yeah we'll after what you told us one. after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that more in just a minute here. Very good. Very good. Um, all right. I will look forward to hearing what it is that, that you all will, will put at the top of your list of things to do for, for, next year. Um, let's talk about big things, I guess. That's a good segue. What are some of the kind of like the big things that you learned this year? 
um, about running, about life, about yourself, all that sort of thing. I called on you first last time, Eric, so I'll call on you first this time, Michelle. I mean, this will come as no surprise to anybody who listens to the podcast, but I guess I had to learn the hard way that like mental health is health. And uh, by the time my anxiety was in such a state of overdrive that I wasn't sleeping, it didn't actually matter that I was like nailing the runs and, you know, getting the workouts in. Um, I just depleted everything else, even though, you know, if you look at what's on paper, it still looked like I was, I was running well. So I would say, uh, like running just took too much, uh, out of like the rest of my life. It just, it was super, I'm super never would tell anybody that this term balance actually works. I think everything kind of waxes and wanes and, and has its place. And if you go hard on a training cycle, then, you know, you kind of ease up a little bit, but, um, I just went a little bit overboard, I think, and all the other, uh, extenuating circumstances, stressful job and kids in and out of school, especially at the height of this training um, was, I guess now we're really in a Omicron COVID outbreak, but that was when we all first heard about Delta. Um, And I, you know, that's probably what I learned the most was I had to just get back to sleeping and and get everything else in place before I could really worry about the running part. So uh, hard way to learn it. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. We all reacted to everything that went on differently. And I think, Michelle, one thing I I watched through you is it really created a ton of stress. And I think the way you, the way that I saw you attempt to deal with was push harder in your running. I will, I will say that Dara, my friend Dara is the one who. Who's been on the podcast before. She's been on the podcast. Yeah. Like when I sort of. I mean, she saw, she saw the fallout in person, but, but, um, she's the one who, and I'm sure many other people have said that, but nobody's ever actually said it to me the way that she said it. And I was like, mental health is health. Oh yeah. That makes sense. (laughs) Like you're right. She's usually right. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, that was, you know, but she got to maybe fall apart a little bit in order to appreciate how to not fall apart, I guess, hopefully <laughs> in the future. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a, it's a bitter way to learn, but it's also one of the more lasting ways of learning for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I just took the first year of the pandemic stuff and made it work. And when it looked like we were going to do it again, you know, I, I just fell apart. So, mm-hmm. um, and well, now we're doing it again. And I feel like I'm literally just came home from South Florida. It will be an absolute miracle if one of the 10 of us that just were in an 1100 square foot condo do not test positive for COVID, but like, it is what it is. We're, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm not losing sleep over it. I'm not, it's just, it's just what it is. So we, every single one of us has some form of what would be considered a direct exposure, but it's not because we're all vaccinated and boosted. And anyway, so everybody has it. We're just surrounded by it at this point. So. Yeah. Yeah. The numbers are highest in my, in my neighborhood than they have been literally the entire pandemic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eric, what'd you learn? So uh, I think one of the things I learned is that, and this kind of link, it's a, it's a thread that's kind of gone through my life. I think at least my adult life is that I, I really enjoy coaching people and I've learned how to enjoy coaching runners. Um, 
I really, really enjoyed coaching soccer. And I kind of struggled when I started coaching running, excuse me, when I started coaching running, because partly I, I got serious about it right before the pandemic. And then we rolled into the pandemic. So I don't actually get to see my runners very often. You know, we've talked about James, my runner, that I, I didn't actually see him face to face until I helped him run through a marathon a year after we started working together. Um, but I, I think I, I, I've grown into it and I actually really enjoy it. I enjoyed uh, building the plans, working with the runners, figuring out what works and what doesn't work for them, uh, helping them work through injuries, you know, um, and I was a little leery of it when I first started to whether I was actually going to help people. Uh, I know I have a lot of knowledge and I, I'm good at researching things and taking experiences of others and, you know, kind of congealing that into a plan. Um, but I, I feel like I've been able to help people actually perform, not just, not just get become better runners, like holistically, but actually, you know, have some good performances this year. Um, well, that, that was actually one thing I was going to ask you. So do you think it's, have, have you grown to enjoy it more or do you, have you gotten to a place where you feel like you're pretty good at it from, from a technical point of view or from a social emotional point of view or both? I, I think it's both. I, I think I've, you know, uh, one thing technically I've gotten a lot better at it because I've done a fair amount of research and I've, and I've gotten into areas that I, I, I wasn't really heavy on. Um, and I think a lot of things kind of, grew past, you know, my, my high school experience, you know, and whatnot. And I had to, I had to catch up. So technically I think I got a little better. I think on the social side, it was more, I learned how to apply skills that I had in other areas, say business or my soccer coaching or whatnot, and bring that into running mm -hmm. in this digital environment, you know, that that's just so different. Um, and I, you know, it's, I'll, I'll give you a, just a, a quick example um, I, I have a new runner that's running for me and we've never met, you know, I, it was, uh, she was introduced to me actually through my wife, um, because they work together and I had to kind of reset and I did it quickly, how I communicate. And I had to actually have that conversation with her about, okay, I need to figure out how we're going to communicate or we need to figure out how we're going to communicate because in my mind, I know it's not going to be the same as how I communicate with James. And it's certainly not going to be the same as how I communicate with Lee because I see Lee every day at work. Well, I used to see him every day at work before work from home stuff, you know, and, and I've known Lee for 20 plus years. And, and so it was different. So I instantly, you know, I had this conversation with her. We're going to have to figure this out. And I want you to be part of that. And I don't think I would have thought of that a year ago. I would have been like, this is how we do it. You know, I send you this, you reply, I check in with you. You tell me when things aren't working well, and that's the way it works. But I know that that doesn't work for everybody. And so early on in this process, I got into it and I said, okay, we, we need to figure this out. So come new year, like let's, let's have this conversation. So I think both on both of those aspects. And I think that leads into performances, you know, cause it makes a better coaching, uh, a, you know, coach runner bond. It makes more, you know, it makes it a more of an open communication and allows the process to actually play out. Mm -hmm. So that, that's, you know, I like, I, like I put in the notes, you know, for our show today, I said, I found out I actually enjoy coaching and I don't think I actually suck at it. So good. 
It's good to enjoy something you don't think you suck at. And, and, and both of those things are important, both the art and the science of it, um, you know, both the both the social emotional aspect of it and the, the, the technical and the physiological and exercise scientific pieces. Um, I think those are both really, really important. And, and the greatest coaches um, not only are masters of both of those things, but they also are continually working to improve themselves and, and to stay fresh on those things. Um, and so very good. Very good to hear. Um, my big takeaway for this year um, was that you need to honor your goals um, and you need to somewhat indulge yourself um, in terms of, of what you let yourself do as an athlete. Um, and it's funny because I think I've been moving this way over the course of the last several years as a coach. Like if an athlete comes to me and says, this is what I want to do. I'm like, all right, let's figure out how we can make this happen. Um, and if an athlete comes to me and says, okay, I have these six races I want to do. And this seventh one is the most important one. I, I've gotten to a place now where I've said, okay, let's figure out how we can actually make this work. Um, you know, it's kind of similar to what Eric just said. When I first became a coach, I used to say, okay, this is how you go about it. You have this big target race, and then you kind of back up everything from that target race. You can't do too many different races because that'll take too much out of you. And da, 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 da. And I've kind of gotten to a place now where if an athlete comes to me with anything, with any sort of, of agenda or with any sort of calendar and says, I want to try and make this work, I, I will try to do everything I can to help them make that work, presuming they actually truly want to do it. Um, but I had never extended myself as an athlete, that sort of indulgence, that sort of courtesy. Um, I had very much stuck to, okay, well, this is what I want to do. And this is what makes sense. And, and this is, um, the path that you have always followed. And so that's what you always need to continue doing. Um, and because that was so heavily disrupted over the pandemic, and because I couldn't really put all my eggs in that basket six months from now, because I didn't know whether that race was going to happen six months from now, like that, that forced a change in me as an athlete um, where I've been willing to say, you know what, I'm going to go out and run a marathon on 24 hours notice because I think that sounds interesting. Um, and I did that back in February. And then I'm like, well, how about if I run another one two weeks later? Because I think that sounds kind of cool. It sounds kind of weird. I'm not going to hurt myself by doing it. If I can figure out some way logistically make it happen, um, then yeah, I'm, I'm going to go out and actually do that. Um, you know, I signed up for a race a couple of weeks ago that I've signed up for twice in the past. Um, and it's the 50K, the same 50K that Michelle did this year, uh, the Mountain Mist 50K. And I, I haven't done it in the past because I haven't felt like I've trained for it well enough. And I haven't felt like I was going to be ready to get my best performance on race day. I I'm totally going to do it next month even though I'm probably not going to be in my absolute best shape and, and that's okay. Just I I've come to this place where I'm okay with not every single race being in a race. Um, and, and I think that's good. Um, so yeah, to that point, I had this sort of low key goal throughout all of, of 2021 to actually run a marathon on the treadmill um, on Zwift. Um, and, and lo and behold, the day after Christmas, one of them pops up on Zwift, the Zwift running festival actually has a marathon. And so I entered a marathon and I ran 258 for the marathon on my treadmill on Zwift on Sunday <laughs> with your three friends. So, so with my three friends, with three, three other competitors in the race, two of whom dropped out. <laughs> 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 oh, this is this is great george right. sends us a screenshot of the start now 
all the friends that he sent this to like ride with him on Zwift. And at the start of all these races, there's hundreds of people at the start. Oh yeah. There's literally two other guys at the starting line. Yeah, yeah. We also got the screenshot, Lauren and I, and I didn't realize, I thought he was just going, I don't know, 18, 20 miles or something on Zwift. And Lauren was noticed right away, George, you're running a marathon on the treadmill. And I was just like, why, why is he doing this? Yeah, no, and, and, and that's, and, and I recognize that it's sort of a ridiculous thing to do on a Sunday. Um, but like I said, I had this sort of low key goal that I wanted to do it. And it was 11 o'clock on Sunday, the day after Christmas. And, and the thing that I've learned is let's indulge these goals. If this is something you want to do, um, it's not going to hurt you. It's not going to injure you. It's not going to endanger you to actually do it. Let's go ahead and do it. Um, and so I did. And I got my little t-shirt on Zwift. And my little virtual badge on Zwift um, and got lots of lots of comments from friends like, what the hell are you doing? Do you really just run a whole marathon on a treadmill and, and all that sort of thing? The, the thing that I was laughing about today with regards to this is that it was about 70 degrees and sunny when I was on my treadmill running that marathon on Zwift. Today, it was a tornado watch, a flash flood warning, and I went outside and ran with my new trail shoes. And it's like, who does it in that order? <laughs> like really not Michelle. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, but, but no, that, so that was my one big takeaway from the year. My one big takeaway of the year was to actually, um, to, to indulge myself more short-term goals, to enjoy, indulge myself more, more fun, more off the wall things. Um, and, and not feel bad about it. Um, that doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, abandon a races and, and never try and, and run fast again by any means. Um, but it does mean that, that um, I'm going to be more willing to, to jump into things, even if I don't feel as if they're going to be my uh, absolute best performance on, on, you know, on that given day. So, um, yeah. You know, George, I'll say this. I learned from you because I watched that. We've had this conversation a little bit throughout the the year i think mm -hmm. and i get set in different types of patterns like your pattern i think was a race build up to the a race do your best right my patterns are, are i'm gonna run these five races this year mm -hmm. i'm gonna run the blue ridge relay i'm going to run the doggettville 12 hour i'm going to run the southern tour ultra i'm going to run you know uh peyton's 10 by 5k and that's just what i did mm -hmm. And uh, this year I started throwing some, oh, well, I'm going to go run, you know, this, this 6.2 mile turkey trot, you know, and I'm going to go run uh, Lee and I next year, uh, beginning in January, we're going to run this uh, 20K relay race, you know, and, and I've just tried to open myself up to, and that's on the same day as the Southern Tour Ultra. So I'm, I'm giving up like this, mm -hmm. this ingrained race to go do this other thing. And I think that that's, going to make it a little more fresh, a little more fun, mm -hmm. um, a little more interesting. And I'm, I'm excited about that. So cool. I want to, I want to carry forward your zaniness and then a little <laughs> bit of zaniness of my own, hopefully. Very good. Very cool. Very cool. We will look forward to continuing to follow that. All right, let's talk about the favorite race you watched this year. So we talk a lot about professional runners on this, uh, on this podcast. Um, so Michelle, we'll go to you first. What was your favorite race to watch of this year? What race did you enjoy watching the most? I think hands down, and this is probably not one that makes the headlines that much, but I've been a fan of Aggie, Abby 
D'Agostino, who's now Abby Cooper, um, ever since she ran in college for Dartmouth. And she's the one who went down in the 2016 Rio Olympics uh, in the 5K, you know, tore her ACL, finished the race and has really just, uh, she's switched training groups. She's moved um, a few times and she now trains, you know, actually with a group in Tennessee um, and just clawed her way back five years. It's taken her to rehab this injury. Um, she's gotten married and she's just steadily gotten back to kind of where she was when she made that Rio team in 2016. And she didn't make the Tokyo 2020, 21. However, I know everyone says it one way or the other, um, team, but in the prelim of the 5k, we saw, out in Eugene, she needed the Olympic standard and the final for the 5k was going to be super hot. So nobody understood what she was doing, um, until, you know, more than probably halfway through the race, but she just put on a clinic and she said that her coach changed the race plan right before the race and that she was going to go for the standard. And she got the Olympic standard. She ran a PR. She ran a few more PRs um, after Olympic trials, even though she didn't make the Olympic team. But that race, that 5K prelim at the U.S. Olympic trials this past summer, just watching Abby run and watching you just see her heart. Uh, and just I've followed her for years. So I know the work that she's put in and I know how many times it's ridiculous that she didn't just walk away from the sport. So for me to watch that, that was there's nothing that compares to that. Um, so good choice. Yeah. <laughs> good choice. I, I'll but, never forget that. So, okay. yeah, I didn't, I didn't think of that one. That's a good one. I, there were, I, my dark horse choice for the choice that you were going to make for, for this one was going to be Courtney Frerichs silver in the Olympic games in the steeplechase. Mm. So my dark horse would be Emily Sisson's 10 K at the okay. trials. Okay. That's what you should have picked. Okay. Okay. Well, I, what I really thought was going to happen is that you were going to steal Molly Seidel's Olympic marathon from me, even though I put that in the notes that that was the one I was going to say. I, f- I figured you were just going to go for it and just be like full send from Tokyo. Um, but I mean, it's hard to, the Molly races are, you've got Tokyo, you've got New York City. But when I start thinking about Molly in Tokyo, I start thinking about Courtney Dewalter and UTMB. And I just couldn't those are all like big races, big wins, you know, big top American, American record. There's just something about what Abby's done the last five years that way more story, way more meaning to it uh, for me than, than any of these other big hot shot. You know, I, I can't explain it. I, I assume you people understand because Otherwise, why are you listening to this podcast? But no, I yeah. get it. I, no, I, I, I totally get it. Um, I, I very much get it. And I think that's cool. Um, props to her. Eric, what was your favorite race of the year to watch? Yeah, so I don't generally watch as much as you guys do. <laughs> no, you don't say. Um, but I have two. And one is, you know, I've already alluded to it. We've talked about it on a podcast. Um, and I, I feel you know, I enjoyed watching one of my runners hit a goal that he had been trying for, for a long time. Um, and we, we talk about James all the time. Um, maybe sometime he'll be on the podcast, but I really enjoyed James finally breaking three hours for the marathon. Um, and it was, you know, I mentioned earlier, this was the first day I'd ever seen him face to face. And 
it, what's really cool about it is I didn't actually get to see him finish. I, I ran about half the race in the middle of the race with him to talk through it, you know, help him get through those hard miles. And then he ran the last 10 K by himself to finish. And I didn't actually get to see him finish. And I was afraid that he fell out because I was at the finish about the, or I was about a mile from the finish about when he should have come through. And it turns out he was four minutes fast mm-hmm. and he ran a 256, And it was just awesome to see that and see the, the, the victory on his face and, you know, the, all that work paid off. And, you know, um, I tried to run a flat race and I didn't get three hours. And then I come and run this race and I got sub three hours by four minutes. So that was really cool to watch. Um, another race that I didn't watch, but I think is a, you know, kind of a, uh, a, a race that I think is <laughs> it's important and it's it's really cool was uh, Nick Curry's 24 hour race. I mean, 173 miles, and uh, I didn't watch the race, but I listened to a podcast on that race uh, that Rob Steger did on his uh, Training for Ultras podcast. And what really got me, and this kind of ties back to the coaching thing, was. Uh, and I won't get into all the points that Nick brought up, but he, he had a lot to say about sort of his planning and he's a very meticulous planner. And then he talked about how things, you know, started going downhill. And at one point he actually stopped on the track and then how his team came around him, which was his family and some friends and how they got him back moving again. And he had some gastrointestinal issues, but one, one thing that stuck out to me, you know, it was amazing. Um, well, two things that stuck out to me. One was he said, I don't think I can go much farther. He said, this is, this is kind of my limit. You know, he, might, he goes, I might add another mile in there, but I'm not going to go run 185 or 190 miles. Like I'm just, that's just not me. Um, and this guy just set the American record for 24 hours. Um, but another thing he said was, you know, he, he had some gastrointestinal problems and he talked about how he recovered from that and how his team was necessary to help him. And one of the things he said, and this is kind of funny, he said, you know, they, they brought me wet wipes and those were really important. And he, he said it differently and it was funny and whatnot. And I, I thought to myself, how can an ultra runner not know to pack wet wipes and that those would be really helpful for when you need to go to the bathroom quickly? <laughs> Like, cause he was saying that it got me out of the bathroom quick, more quickly. And I'm like, I don't even use paper during an ultra marathon. Like who would use paper during an ultra marathon? And why I'm saying this is it brought me back to coaching. I'm like, I would have made sure he knew that <laughs> I would have made sure he knew that. And, um, but even people at his level, you know, they're humans and they, they have to learn things. So yeah, I, I think Nick Curry's 24 hour was pretty amazing. Good choice. Good choice as well. Um, and, and one that falls in line with the profile that you cut here on the, uh, on the podcast, which I appreciate Eric, um, bringing that, that, that ultra point of view to us. Um, I, of course, as I said, uh, was going to mention Molly Seidel's, uh, marathon in Tokyo. Um, but it was the Tokyo Olympic marathons generally that I actually really enjoyed. Um, not just Molly Seidel's surprise third place performance, which, even though she is definitely uh, on an upper trajectory, I think that everyone was surprised to see her get a bronze medal. Um, only the third time uh, a U.S. woman has won a medal in the Olympic marathon since the first one in 1984. Um, but um, watching her run and, and watching her hang on and watching that race unfold the way that it did, 
um, investing so much in her performance there as she uh, endured through the latter stages of that race um, was just great. Um, and it was super fun to watch. But then, of course, the next day you had Elliot Kipchoge, who was not at all an upstart, not at all a surprise, just putting on a masterclass in road marathoning and just showing in the most vivid way possible that that he is truly in a class of his own. Um, that was on my birthday that, that that race was the men's Olympic marathon. I told my wife, the only thing I wanted for my birthday was to get to watch that race in its entirety. <laughs> and so we didn't have it on our TV. And so we actually went up to, uh, to her parents' house and, and they all left me alone for, you know, two hours and 15 minutes while I watched Elliot Kipchoge, um, just completely, uh, run away from that world-class field. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, so my favorite races of the year for completely different reasons, um, were the two Olympic marathons. Um, and, and of course they were just that much better too, because it, it, it took so long for them to actually take place. Um, you know, they were, uh, put off by a year and there was always a question as to whether they, they could happen or even should happen. Um, ultimately they did. And, and they turned out for very different reasons, um, to both be brilliant races and super fun to watch. Um, I enjoyed both of those Molly Seidel's Strava upload full, full send from Tokyo, um, is, uh, is the most liked or most kudoed activity, uh, ever on, uh, on Strava by a woman. Did you give her kudos on that, Michelle? George. <laughs> I mean, I know that you only gave like six kudos the entire year of, of 2021 despite the fact that you literally received thousands of them um, did not receive but, thousands of kudos so i know i know that you gave out far fewer than than you received did you like did you give her kudos Strava followers and i follow like 19 people i mean i'm not how many how many people follow you george hundreds yeah like 400 um, okay so what but, but, but no, did you cares about me on Strava the way they care about you? But, but what you're telling me is that no, you didn't actually take part yes, in giving kudos. I'm deflecting and that's okay. what I'm trying to tell you. All right. Sorry to hear. Sorry to hear. She's fun I to follow on, uh, on, on social media and Strava in particular. Very good. Very good. Um, all right. Let's talk about some resolutions and then we'll talk about some last words. I think in last words, we're going to talk about things that we, uh, that we sort of meant to mention in 2021 that we didn't. Let's, but let's talk about some resolutions for 2022. In addition to giving more kudos on Strava, Michelle, uh, what are you resolving in 2022? Uh, my big, I guess, running resolution. I don't do resolutions, by the way. <laughs> but I would say what I learned uh, the most, which hopefully just carries forward indefinitely, is um, to you know, do things more for just the experience. And not that I don't care about the times. I do care about the times. I'm not I don't think I'm done. I don't think I've run my fastest at any distance, but um, right to, you know, enjoy the experience and uh, take a little bit of satisfaction and the fact that, you know, I'm at a starting line healthy the next time I get to a starting line healthy and, oh my gosh, even if the race goes to shit, which I really hope it doesn't, uh, hopefully just find a way to you know, make a mind shift in the race and just enjoy it for what it is. Um, even if it's not fast for me running, but, uh, I hesitate to say that cause I don't, I don't feel like I'm making this big post of I'm done trying to run faster. I don't mm -hmm. feel like that at all. I just like, when I look at those Boston pictures and everybody's smiling and I am the most miserable I've ever seen myself, like I'm never doing that again. So 
anything I sign up for will be as much, you know, for, I want to go to this place. I want to be with these people. I want to have the experience of being part of a race weekend. And I also want to hopefully run blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of my cool. big takeaway. So I think that's great, Michelle. I think that's super important. I think that's a good resolution. So very good. Very good. Eric, what do you resolve for 2022? I'm going to buy more shoes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no i just uh i, I think uh i'm gonna that, that would be roughly analogous to me saying i want to buy more shoes yeah and no, i can it, tell it, you at this point that it would be a a profoundly ridiculous thing for me to say the number of <laughs> shoes i have bought over the course of the past two months is a little bit insane but anyway keep going uh from a you know i i already mentioned i want to i'm going to be a little more out there with my race choices, a little more zany, I guess is the right word. But I think the, the other two things that one of the ways I dealt with the, with the pandemic was I had all this extra time. So I tried to do it more. And, uh, I think instead of that, I need to do less and get more rest. I, I looked back at the amount of times that I felt this year that I had overdone it and it far exceeded the previous years <laughs> where I had felt like I had, I had exceeded my capacity. And I think it, ca it came down to availability of time. And I think I've talked about this on the podcast. I've certainly talked about this with you too. I have an addictive personality. I, I, in college, I had a, a tendency to get into like video games and like overdo it. Like I, I know that about myself. Um, and this year, given some space, and this in the last two years, but definitely this year, given that space, I overdid it. So I need more rest. Um, and I, and I, so yeah, that, I would say that that's pretty much the big one for the years. I need more rest. So while I'm doing these zany things, <laughs> don't, don't say, oh, I've got 30 minutes. Let's go, let's go put four miles in, you know, just cause I've got 30 minutes. I'm going to go run four miles. So. so Michelle, tell me what you think is, is, Eric talking about doing these zany things and maybe getting out of the patterns that he has always followed. Is this his way of subtly dropping hints that he's going to sign up for a marathon in 2022? I mean, it would take a lot less time to train to run a fast marathon than it does to run these 100s. <laughs> we'll you've see. always said, you've always said that you don't run a marathon because it stunts your growth, but you know, you're approaching 50 at this point, buddy. Also, we had this slight text conversation about George's theory for people that run like between a three and a 320 marathon. And Eric, you said that you felt like that you fit into that category, but here's your chance to like run, run, run under three hours. Marathon. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I, I mean, you talked about how you inspired you were by James's breaking three hours, working towards it, that sort of thing. You could join the club that James and I are members of the sub three hour marathon club, man. I, I actually feel bad for Eric that we're saying peer this. Pressure. <laughs> I am not susceptible to peer pressure. <laughs> I actually wonder if Eric would be miserable training for a road marathon. <laughs> you know what? The real reason why I've never run a marathon is I'm afraid I'll hurt myself. Mm -hmm. I can run a half marathon and, and I can destroy myself and I can still recover from it. But I feel like a marathon, I might truly overcook it. Now, that's not to say I haven't been thinking over the past couple of months, hmm, 
am I getting to the point where I cannot get under three hours? Because that is a marker for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and George has said multiple times that he feels like I could qualify for Boston. And I'm oh, not saying yeah. I want to run Boston because I don't want to spend $2,000 to go run 26.2 miles when I can run that anywhere. But it would be kind of cool to get a marathon in under three hours. And I know I'm not getting any younger. So maybe. Okay. So just big. I want to go on record. You can do Boston for way less than (laughs) 2000. It is an expensive weekend, but there are so many ways to. You can also do it for way more than 2000 if you really want to. (laughs) Travel with George and Casey. There you go. Awesome. Very good. Um, I, you know, I have found it's funny, Michelle, you said that you don't do resolutions. I have found on this podcast, I've talked about all sorts of resolutions over the course of the past several years. And, and what I've found that resolutions are best for me are they create a space for me to kind of reflect. And so when I resolve to do something, oftentimes I know that I'm not going to necessarily continue doing whatever it is until the end of the year. I just know I'm going to do it long enough until I kind of learn something from it, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I tend, I tend to look at the, I tend to look at the change of years as like a reset mm-hmm. and try to just pick something that I feel like I can really engage in resetting. Um, I mean, I think also years of, you know, watching people get into fitness mode in January, February. And I remember what it was like when, you know, if I run on, run in a gym, in January, February, you can't even get a machine. And by March, there's nobody there. Right. Um, so I think that the whole resolution thing scares me because it feels like if you don't, if you resolve to do something and then you kind of fall off the wagon, it's like, why bother? So I, I typically look at it as just sort of a reset. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's good. I think that's good. I mean, and, and I am going to try and do things in 2022, some things that I feel like have fallen off over the course of the past years. I'm going to try and, and do more strength work because I feel like I've become less athletic in the last two years, as, as strange as that sounds. Um, and so I'm going to try and work oh, on my well, That's not strange at all. I, I've been looking at pictures of you. Oh, thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Um, but, but I feel like I've lost some of my athleticism over the course of the past couple of years. I'm going to kind of try and work on that. But but my actual, um, my actual resolution, um, and Eric, your daughter, Grace, is going to help me with this, um, uh, is I'm resolving to try and be creative about what I eat for breakfast. Can you define creative a little better? Yeah. So, so the things that people tend to eat for breakfast in the United States are cereal, eggs and bacon, or you know, some sort of prepared kind of eggs, and oatmeal. And I'm going to try and eat things that are not typically breakfast foods, but yet are still healthy foods. Grace said when she came onto the podcast that she tends to eat vegetables for breakfast. I'm resolving to try and eat vegetables for breakfast and other similar paradigm breaking things over the course of, of 2022. Can you explain the purpose for this goal? So, well, not really. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's great. Uh, I mean, not totally. It's it's just because I kind of just want to try something new. Um, and, and I feel like this is a place in my life where I'm very routinized and, and routinized in potentially some sort of unhealthy ways. Um, and, and so I'd like to kind of try some new stuff and, and, and break out of the mold and, 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 and see what I can learn about myself and about my eating habits and about the way that, that my body operates 
If I start my day with carrots and hummus rather than special K red berries and almond milk. I love it. And Grace will too. All right, cool. Very good. Very good. Um, well, I look forward to, to talking to Grace about that. I'll probably reach out to her on Strava. Um, <laughs> Michelle, give us your last word. Last word of 2021. Do you guys think I can stay up till midnight tomorrow night? No. <laughs> <laughs> what if I go to sleep at like 830 and then wake up for midnight? Does that count? Uh, look at you guys look like I just asked you the hardest question anyone's ever asked you. Well, no, literally my sons asked me the same question today. They're seven. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my they- seven-year-old 100% can make it to midnight. No problem. Nice. She has got two teenage sisters and she just thinks she's a teenager. <laughs> right on. Very good. My sons were determined to make it last year and they made it to about 11 and they went to bed and we woke them up and they don't, and they, they were so they asleep don't remember when we it. woke it up, they don't remember it. And we have like pictures of them in front of the TV and they were like, you did not, that is not what that is. You know, and, and, <laughs> and so, so this year they're determined to actually make it. And I think it's going to be basically a repeat of next year or last year. Um, and I think that if you were to try that, the same thing would happen with you, Michelle, <laughs> Thank you. that you'd be like, oh, I'm going to stay up to midnight and you'd make it to about 11. Yeah. That's so sad though, to make it to 11. That's so close to 12. Like that's already so late anyway. Take a nap, <laughs> take a nap, let your daughter wake you up. Well, my, I'll report back next week. <laughs> my, my parents, my parents are now, you know, 76 and 78 years old and they've been hanging out with the same group of friends since they were 26 and 28 years old. So, you know, for 50 years, they've been hanging out on new year's Eve with the same group of people. And when I was a little kid, when they were in their late twenties and early thirties, they would meet up at 10 o'clock and they go out and they ring in the new year. And then over time, it's kind of gotten earlier and earlier and earlier. Um, this <laughs> This year, they're meeting their friends at 2 p.m. <laughs> great. You, Michelle, you're going to be there like next year. Should I hang out with your parents? <laughs> I think you should. Well, I might try. We'll see. Awesome. Eric, what's your last word of 2021? So I, I can't close out the podcast without mentioning this. Um, I, was, I was listening to the Clean Sport uh, collective podcast. And I heard something that I totally missed. And it's a, it's a story that I think we just didn't get the coverage it deserves. And, uh, this was back in the New York city marathon, the third American who finished at the New York city marathon in two twelve fifty seven. Um, his name is Nathan Martin and, um, he is a African-American or black American runner. Um, he raced NAIA in college um, and not only did he run that 212.57 in New York City, he actually holds the record for a American-born black man uh, in the marathon at 211.05, which he ran, I believe, at the Marathon Project. At the Marathon Project, yeah. And that was a 41-year record that he beat. And that's just no joke. And this guy is no joke. Um, he's a substitute teacher. Um, he is a soft-spoken very normal individual based on the, the interview I heard with him. And just to put it into context, um, in college, he was a two-time national champion at NAIA. And in 36 hours, he ran a 29-ish, so like 444 pace, 10K. And then back-to-back, he ran a 219 marathon, which is 518 pace. That was in a yeah, 36 yeah, hour they have, period. They have, they have a marathon, the NAIA. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. 
this dude is the real deal. He's someone to watch and he just didn't get the coverage. And, you know, I, I, I wanted to make sure we mentioned it because I think more and more people need to be watching him. Um, and I think he's, he, he's the real deal. That's really what I want to say. Very so. good. Very good. Michelle has, uh, has Nathan Martin picked up a shoe sponsorship yet? I actually don't know. I don't get, think so. I mean, I get, haven't heard. Yeah. I know that, uh, Sarah Vaughn picked up a sponsorship this week and we are all waiting on bended knee to hear who it is, but I don't know. <laughs> Nathan <laughs> Martin, when he ran so well at New York city, he has a clothing sponsor, but not a shoe sponsor. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and for somebody at his level to not have a shoe sponsor is, is striking, um, uh, for sure. Um, very good. Very good. Um, final words for me. Um, and thank you for, for, for that one, Eric, um, final word for me, um, is to say something that I, I said sort of at the outset of the podcast and, and something that I, I wanted to make sure that both of you were aware of here as, as we wrap up 2021. Um, and that is that, that. Uh, spending time with the two of you on this podcast is always one of the highlights of my week. And I appreciate all the time that you all have put into this over the course of the past year. Um, I give you all a hard time. I enjoy giving you a hard time uh, on the podcast, um, when we're talking after the podcast, when we're texting with one another throughout the course of the week. Um, but it's important for me to tell both of you that I consider you to be my very good friends. Um, and, and I appreciate all that you have given to me. Um, both in terms of your time and in terms of your emotion and in terms of, of my uplift. So thank you. Yeah, I, I appreciate it too, George. I think uh, I learned how much I missed the podcast those few weeks when we didn't have one. And, uh, <laughs> I would agree. It, 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 it's kind of like, oh man, we don't have the podcast this week. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. Right on, right on. I appreciate it, y'all. Michelle, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Getting close. Right, you got her to say it. You got her to say it. Yes. Happy New Year, Eric, happy New Year. Thanks for being Thank here. George, always fun. Thanks, everybody. Thanks again for listening to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pleasantpodcast, on Twitter at pleasantpodcast, or on Instagram, Most Pleasant Exhaustion. We're available on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, so share us with your friends. Don't forget that we're sponsored by ITL Coaching and Performance, who you can find at itlcoaching.com, on Twitter, at itlcoaching, on Facebook, at facebook.com slash itlcoachingperformance, and on Instagram, itlcoaching. We're also sponsored by Blue Pineapple Travel, bluepineappletravel.com, facebook.com slash bluepineappletravel, and on Instagram, bluepineappletravel. And finally, don't forget we're sponsored by SlayRx. That's SlayRx.com, Facebook.com slash here for SlayRx. That's the number four, SlayRx. Twitter, at official SlayRx. And Instagram, here for SlayRx, the number four, SlayRx. Discount code PLEASANT21. On behalf of Michelle Frank, Patrick Ollinger, and Eric Hall, I'm George Darden. Thanks for listening to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. See you next time.